It's showtime. Don't say it, please. Don't say it. No, I have to say it, Mitch. Showtime. Showtime. It's showtime, everybody. Showtime. Welcome back to the Showtime Movie Podcast. I am your host, Show. Thank you for being alongside me as always. Always fun to get back in the chair and chat some movies with you. Of course, this time, as we've been doing uh, for the latest Star Wars series, uh, we've been doing some Kenobi reaction pods. So this is part five of six. So after this, just one more to go. So appreciate you being alongside me. I'm actually not in studio for this one. I uh, took some days off work, so I uh, haven't been going into the office, which means no access to the podcast studios. It does mean, though, I get to use my handy-dandy home studio, which uh, basically just means hooking my microphone up to recording equipment, essentially. So uh, here we go, recording the uh, first Kenobi pod from home. But, um, you know, it's funny. I I had seen some people, again, kind of going back to what we talked about last week about whether or not this this show needs to exist, right? I think that's a valid question. I think the other thing people forget at the same time is that who cares about the answers to those questions, right? Like, who who really cares if the action is a little goofy or a little wonky? Who really cares if some of the child actors do some dumb stuff, right? Like, who really cares, right? Like, this... These kinds of TV shows are certainly for, for everyone, but they're kind of for the fans, right? And... Um, when I and when I say fans, I mean fans of the franchise, fans of of Star Wars, and I've I just like I feel like sometimes we get we we forget. And I, I don't I don't mean me in this because I just I'll watch anything, even if some things I like more than others. I don't know. I just I feel like when you watch um, when you watch a Star Wars movie or a TV show, the universe is so vast. Sure, there could be better stories. Like there was that news that Taika Waititi, who is still making his solo movie, and you know might end in next year or something like that, is going to apparently allegedly expand the Star Wars universe beyond just the Skywalkers and just beyond this group of like eight Jedi that we know and like five Sith that we know. And you know what? I've been clamoring for that for a really long time. There's no reason we shouldn't be getting bank heist movies with bounty hunters. There's no reason we shouldn't be getting like you know, a Magnificent Seven, but with Jedi, right? There's no reason we shouldn't be getting more things. And you know what? To their, to their credit, they're branching out more and more. What's the, what was the anime show that came on um, Disney Plus? Is Visions, was that what it was called? And it was made, like, every one of the different Star Wars stories were made by a different, like, anime studio. And they had some pretty cool ones in there, right? Some really weird ones, too. But my, my point being, the Star Wars universe is so incredibly vast. You could tell literally any story you want. They could do horrors, they could do westerns, they could do, you know, like I said, heist films, and I mean, I guess kind of solo was that, but they could really lean into it without having to relate everything back to a Skywalker or a character that is in some way tangentially related to them, right? And I don't know, I just, people want to see cool Star Wars stuff, essentially what they want to see. They want to see lightsabers, they want to hear the droid sounds, they want to hear blasters, they see the cool ships, have cool lines... It's no different from any other universe, and I feel like we are so close to getting getting them to lean into really weird stuff. I mean, like, if Marvel can give a swing to something like Guardians of the Galaxy, there's no real reason why you can't get... I'm not, I'm not saying we should get something like that in Star Wars, but that was weird when it came out, right? People weren't sure if Guardians of the Galaxy was going to be a hit or not, and now they're, like, some of the most popular characters 
in the entire Marvel universe, right? Like I miss my only real point is that it's a wide universe out there, and I think they should, you know, they should like use it, use a little more of it. But at the same time, for Kenobi, as far as Kenobi is concerned, I mean, just watching like watching flashbacks and watching lightsabers and hearing familiar music and sounds is pretty much all you really want. And I understand you will always ask for more, like you want it to be good at the same time. I do think it's, like, decently good, and a pretty entertaining episode is what we got for part five, but generally speaking, I just, I always find the interest, like, the arguments kind of interesting, right? But anyways, let's get into the uh, review of this episode of Kenobi, part five. Can't believe there's only one more to go. Um, it, it's weird, because I mentioned last week's episode felt really short, and, and like, not a lot happened. Um, this episode felt a little longer, and it did feel a little meatier, even though the majority of this episode took place in, like, what? two rooms like a hallway and two rooms essentially in one set on the star destroyer but either way uh part five of kenobi is uh easily one of the most entertaining of the series so far and we got a pretty cool darth vader scene to boot so let's get into it the review for star wars kenobi part five it's funny to think that the one thing people wanted i think from well maybe not the one thing but one of the things people wanted from this entire show was just getting to see Hayden Christensen, his actual face, right? Remember I was like in the second episode or something like that, and maybe it was the third episode, but either way, you got to see Hayden Christensen as Obi-Wan remembered him before they meet Obi-Wan to the metal face of Darth Vader for the very first time, right? Plasteel face? We went over the whole transparasteel thing last time. I I think plasteel, I believe, is what stormtrooper helmets are made of. So I would imagine something sturdier is made of is, is what makes up Vader's helmet. But anyway, let's just call it uh, let's call it plasteel for now. Uh, but then he kind of he sees the Frankenstein's monster close up, and he loses his crap, and he loses his nerve, he loses his cool, and he gets burned on the on the glass chemical stuff or whatever right with his arm. Anyways, my, my point being only that we hadn't really seen a lot of Hayden Christensen beyond that essentially one <laughs> glimpse. And you know what? They gave you what you wanted after all because in this episode of Kenobi, it literally starts with a glimpse of Hayden Christensen wielding a lightsaber, clearly Attack of the Clones era. Hayden Christensen still has the braid, so he is still a Jedi Padawan. I mean, and then, of course, at the end of this episode, in the flashback, Obi-Wan, who is also Attack of the Clones era Obi-Wan because he has the hair, um, basically, he calls him a Padawan, right? So clearly this is before uh, Count Dooku uh, slices off <laughs> Anakin's arm during the Battle of Geonosis. So that's important to see. Also kind of cool to see the upper level of Coruscant. Very pretty. Um, I guess when you're that high up, when you're down on, like, level you know, 2,000 below <laughs> below the surface of the planet and may probably won't look so nice, right? But anyways, I digress. Um, I thought it was clever that they did the juxtaposition of Obi-Wan and Anakin fighting and Obi-Wan knowing his Padawan, his apprentice, so well that he knew what Vader would do years and years later. I thought that was pretty cool. Um, so it was, it was kind of, first of all, it was just cool to see the flashback. I mean, even though, even if Attack of the Clones is still the worst Star Wars movie, period, um, and I'm sorry that, you know, I said this rumors for debate as to like whether or not people that that is the worst Star Wars movie, objectively speaking, that's the worst Star Wars movie and R Rise of Skywalker is like just the mm, above it, but it's not a, it's like not a huge gap, but, uh, Attack of the Clones is still, ooh, it's still, that's still at the bottom, right? But Hey, it was, it was cool to see a live action 
flashback of Obi-Wan and uh, and Anakin. Um, it, it, it was funny because, like, they, they must have done some de-aging C- CGI, like, we kind of know they have. I mean, like, I mentioned Marvel before. How many times have we even seen that in Marvel, right? Like, remember Michael Douglas with the de-aged Michael Douglas in, um... I, w- I guess it was Ant-Man... Was it Ant-Man 1 or 2? But either way, they did the de-aging thing on him. They did the weird, like, Uncanny Valley stuff where Mark Hamill kind of goes through the... I know that's not quite the same thing as de-aging, but there was some, like, weird stuff. Or remember the... You know what's a better example? When they de-age... Because Michael Douglas is pretty old, right? God bless him, but he's old. Uh, <laughs> they, like, de-aged him to look like his, like, Wall Street self. No, uh, the... um, What's a better example actually is in one of the Iron Man movies. Might actually have... Might have been in Civil War... But they de-age a middle-aged Robert Downey Jr. back to look like like his like his chaplain self, right? It was kind of weird. I still think it was a kind of uncanny valley there too. But I mean, that's an that's a better example because Robert Downey Jr. is like not that old, right? And he was being de-aged to look like someone like himself twenty five years ago, essentially, right? They did the same thing a little bit. So they and, and again, these guys are not that old. And they probably lucked out that Hayden Christensen and Ewan McGregor, just like generally speaking, looked like they aged pretty well. Um, but when it comes to, and, you know, Hollywood makeup and so on, but like they clearly had to de-age these guys because I feel like I've been watching a lot of behind the scenes interviews with both of these guys um, in the lead up to the, the media stuff. And there were the videos that came out of Star Wars Celebration and so on. They look, they look a little older, as you might imagine, considering the prequels ended in 2005 and it's now 2022. So... It's been a long time, um, but it was pretty funny to see them, like, noticeably de-age them. It just, like, kind of stood out. I think it stood out more for Hayden Christensen, which is kind of funny, because I feel like we've seen him less, generally speaking, um, you know, in, like, movies and TV shows and so on in the last, like, 15, 16, 17 years or so. Anyways, uh, that was really cool. The flashback was neat, and again, the juxtaposition of, like, knowing who has the upper hand and when, at which point in the battle they were at, that was pretty cool. And the Reva stuff was cool, too. Um, clearly, her story is not over because it ends on kind of a cliffhanger. And I guess you'd expect nothing less from the penultimate episode of a TV show like this. But uh, it's just funny. They, they First of all, they seem to very, very really devalue lightsaber uh, strikes to the gut, right? But hey, look, I was right, as many of you were as well, that the Grand Inquisitor wasn't dead. People were like, oh, is the same character as in the cartoons? Yeah, Obviously, it's the same character. They just sidelined him because they needed to tell a little bit of a story. Like, get over yourselves, nerds. Like, goddamn, you know? Anyways, <laughs> I'm a nerd too. I, I, I use the term in, in an endearing fashion. Uh, but you look at the Riva storyline, and first of all, it also confirms that she was the youngling we saw at the beginning in the very first scene of this show when you see Ori 66 get executed Anakin getting in there it's pretty funny people have also been clamoring for years of seeing more live action shots of Order 66 and like the first thing they show is Anakin just going in there and like murking some younglings like my god um I, I guess there was like some disclaimer about like this scene this this episode may be disturbing to viewers or whatever yeah no like no bleep right like my god he's just going out there murdering kids I guess that was a big part of the original ones too that like that scene if you haven't seen it, by the way, that scene of um, from Robot Chicken where Anakin goes into the the throne room and he's imagining himself like like 
he's in a, a field of sunflowers and he's like ripping the sunflowers up and as he's seeing he's dancing through some flowers and he's like ripping them up and he's like biting them and he's like you know doing all sorts of horrific things to these sunflowers but he's just dancing with flowers and then he's like comes back to himself and he's standing in the room with the younglings i gotta say probably one of the funniest things robot chicken period star wars or otherwise has ever done uh but either way um the reva storyline uh, it's clearly not over because there's there's uh, some some part left to be played where she hears about Luke, so she's obviously going to go to Tatooine, her like you know haul ass to Tatooine, and Luke uh, Obi Wan is going to get get there. They're probably going to have some kind of final confrontation, whether it's a lightsaber fight or not. I don't know. Um, I do hope that so. In, uh, in 2005, they had released, uh, and I only remember the year because I got this book at the actual Star Wars convention. This is the very first Star Wars convention I ever went to, and it was in um, it was in Indianapolis, and it was at Lucas, I, no, wasn't it at Lucas Oil Stadium? It might not have been, it might be where they do Gen Con, but either way. Um, I went down to the convention, was really great. My dad, uh, my mom, um, pulled me out of school when I was 15. And my brother and sister, who I guess at the time would have been like five and seven, which is pretty funny. Like, so they were little babies. Um, but hey, my parents did everything for me and I, and I love them for it. Um, we went there and I remember I bought the Star Wars Visionaries graphic novel, which I, and to this day, I'm not actually sure if they were released as like one-offs or if they were just at the time collected into a special thing. The artist, um, I think his name was something Barlow, or maybe that was the, the writer or one of the editors. Either way, the, the whole crew was there. So I went to a panel, they talked about it, and the guy signed it. Like he signed, both of them, the writer and the artist signed the, um, the inside of the cover, which is pretty cool. So I still have that to this day. I remember um, the two things I remember the most from that cartoon. One, there are a couple of, like, pinups of, like, sexy women in, like, revealing imperial outfits. I remember that being a formative memory for a young show. So um, thank you, Star Wars Visionaries, for that. But also, more importantly, (laughs) kind of more importantly, uh, was the story where... A robotified Darth Maul with the um, the kind of like like weird like uh, clamp leg type things like uh, like like kind of insecty type legs. Darth Maul goes to Tatooine to kill Luke Skywalker, and he meets a uh, an old Obi Wan who is protecting Luke, watching over Luke, and they do battle. And at the end of the battle. Obi-Wan beats Darth Maul and he doesn't kill him. He like shows him mercy. And right before the comic ends, Owen Lars, so Luke's uncle and Anakin's half-brother, come out there, stepbrother, half-brother, stepbrother. Anyways, um uh oh, Luke's uncle, let's call him that. He <laughs> comes out and like caps Darth Maul on the side of the head. So the person who in the end does dispatch Darth Maul is Owen Lars. And I can't help but think that after we saw, especially the confrontation between Reva and uh, and Darth Maul, pardon me, Reva and Owen Lars in like episode two or whatever it was of this very show, where she like, like basically cusses him out in front of all these people and threatens to kill him. Um, I wa- I can't help but think we're gonna see a version of that with Reva, where Reva. You know, she does battle with Obi-Wan, she gets beaten, Obi-Wan shows her mercy because he knows who she is, a twisted youngling, and then Owen, who, like, doesn't like her, comes out and kills her. I think that would be fantastic, that would be so cool if we got a callback to, of all things, Star Wars Visionaries, that would be pretty cool. So, 
Anyways, that's just one big part of it. I, I can't I can't wait to see what we get out of that. The other kind of notable moment from this episode was, of course, the finishing fight between Reva and Darth Vader. And, I mean, that was just right out of the Force Unleashed, right? Like, that's essentially what that was. Like It, it kind of felt like every appearance you ever see from a player character who ever chooses to be Darth Vader in any of the Battlefront games, like when you, when you can pick the heroes, it's that combined with like action out of the force unleashed which is one of the sillier stupider star wars games but has some of the more draw drop jaw dropping moments like when when um star killer pulls the like the star destroyer out of the sky i mean when vader walks in by the way the idea that he was chasing obi-wan down a tunnel so he quite literally had tunnel vision for obi-wan kenobi i think ooh, chef's kiss right <laughs> in terms of like symbolism but uh, I do think it was kind of cool when, kind of, it was really cool when Vader walks out into the hangar and, like, the remote ship takes off and he just, whoomp, just, like, force grabs it and just yanks it to the ground, like, just destroys the engine, smashes that ship on the ground and opens it like a can of sardines, a can of tuna, whatever you want. Like, he just, he literally just peeled back the metal surface of that can. Like, like it meant literally nothing to him. That was sick. And it's kind of funny, right? Because we've seen other Jedi and, like, the various mediums try and do stuff like that. And, again, that's what it kind of reminded me of, of The Force Unleashed because it's the only time we've ever, like, we've ever really seen that. And I guess the other part of it is that you, the player, are, like, an... You know, like the, like the character is like an, a stand-in for you, right? Like the person playing the video game. So that's why it feels so cool and so personal when you get to do stuff like that in video games. Um, also, why at the end of Fallen Order, uh, when you another video game that we talked about last week, when Cal fights Vader for the first time, like you, like it, the game doesn't even put a health bar above Vader. You just run. You just have to. You, like, there's no way to beat him, right? You just flee essentially and are lucky to have survived that encounter. Um, like it's just. They, 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 they did a really good job of making Vader seem like a force of nature, right? And that's something I think that has been consistent across all the Disney versions of Star Wars, like whether it's Rogue One, whether it's Fallen Order, whether it's this. He just seems like he's not even a person. It's just like it's literally like trying to trying to stop gravity or something like that, right? Um, he, it's just it's inevitable. It's in that you know, it's just there's nothing you can do to stop it, right? Um, that, which I think is, which is frankly really cool. Uh, but yeah, so he, he rips the ship out of the sky. The other ship takes off. And again, you see the parallel in the episode between the, uh, what you see in the attack of the clones flashback and the present day. And then Reva attacks him as you kind of figured she would. And Vader, not even, not at any point igniting his own lightsaber and just using the force to stop her and dodging her attacks and then stopping her like her inquisitor spinning lightsaber and then snapping it into and throwing her back half of it so they can do battle it was pretty sick i gotta say that was pretty sick also uh, vader dual wielding lightsabers it was pretty it was cool like on its own because i mean who doesn't want to see vader dual wield lightsabers i have my my version of revan always dual wield lightsabers whenever i replay kotor right um uh, but uh, that's how you get that like buff to two-handed weapons and so on, right? You really gotta ma- you gotta do the two en- two-handed weapon mastery to remove all the debuffs for the two. Anyways, we don't have to get too too deep into that. <laughs> but uh, that was cool. But also, it, it obviously kind of a little bit of a callback. Again, we talk about Attack of the Clones so much in this episode. Um, a little bit of a callback to 
Anakin dual wielding his lightsaber and Obi-Wan's lightsaber, right? That was pretty cool. Um, and uh, and kind of in the same vein, because Count Dooku, we saw Anakin fight Count Dooku, and then we see uh, Anakin dual wield the lightsabers to kill Count Dooku. I actually kind of thought Revo was going to get Count dooku for a little bit there, right? Like put the, the two lightsabers kind of like scissor-like on her neck and just like behead her like Anakin, t- Anakin did to Dooku in Revenge of the Sith. I like legit for like half a second thought that we were going to get and then she survives she, she sees the fall and trans trans uh, transmitter thingy and uh there she go the episode is over um but I, I i gotta say very entertaining episode um o'shea jackson i didn't mention him before uh because he was in the previous episode i gotta say like it when i when he when i saw him on screen in the previous episode i thought god where's that guy that guy's so familiar like why does he look so familiar and then i obviously i mean o'shea jackson has been in a number of things right obviously but of course the i feel like the most notable thing to date that he's been in is probably still straight out of compton right like i would probably he's been in a couple comedies uh where he's like the best friend and and so on but I still like. I think he was he was the best friend in that movie with Seth Rogen and Charlize Theron, where she's like running for president or something, and Charlize and Seth Rogen is like the loser boyfriend, and he's like the loser. Anyways, whatever. The, I, the, there's a, I, I might be misremembering, but he's. I feel like despite the fact that his career has gone in a number of different ways, I still feel like the most famous movie he's been in is Straight Outta Compton, mainly because he plays a younger version of his father who in real life is ice cube right so anyways that it was just kind of cool to see him in star wars i hope we kind of i hope we see more of that character roken i i wouldn't be surprised if we don't see more of roken i.e o'shea jackson in uh in the andor tv show which i kind of crapped on last time but still i mean if, we're like we're talking we're, we're basically viewing the nascent rebellion here right so when they finally get around to telling some more rebellion-esque stories i'd be surprised if he's not in it essentially right especially if Andor is supposed to take prior take place prior to Rogue One, which I imagine takes place in the next like the ten years between the end of Kenobi and the beginning of A New Hope, right? Because there's twenty years overall in that period. Uh, so I thought that was pretty interesting. And uh, again, Leia doing kid stuff. I, I I don't have an issue really whatsoever with the kid stuff. People people need to people need to relax <laughs> on that stuff. I did think it was kind of funny that this episode ends with like a close up on Luke, as if like. Oh, like you kind of think to yourself, I really hope Luke's going to be okay, right? I really hope that innocent boy we saw in episode one is going to be okay, right? Maybe that's what sometimes, like, not bothers me about the show, but it feels like they could do more because you know Obi-Wan's not going to die. You know Vader's not going to die. You know Luke's not going to die. You know Leia's not going to die. You know, like, all these things not going to happen because the movies still have to take place, so... Why don't they do a little more, right? Like, they could, they could afford to be a little more risky. Maybe they don't want to, right? I mean, some of the criticisms levied at some of the Marvel TV shows, they don't also don't go far enough because despite the fact that these are pretty far-reaching television shows, most people are still not going to watch this. In order to watch a movie, they're just going to watch the movie, right? So, But, I mean, the other, the other half of it is that these movies are already bookended. There's nothing coming after this, right? <laughs> like, there's the thing that comes after this is a movie that was released in 1977. So I, I kind of, I don't know. Like, it, it does seem they could go a little further if they want to, but 
Uh, I don't know. It's not kind of silly. Um, I, I wonder if there's any hidden messages like in all the Orabesh that was on the wall when Obi Wan was reading it, or if like any of those lightsabers belong to anyone specifically. I mean, some of them looked like you either recognized them, or I mean, maybe there were just some ways to get some people some creative new lightsaber looks, I guess, um, which is kind of interesting. The other thing that I didn't mention from the previous episode also is just that uh, in the scene of the end when. Um, Obi-Wan sees the tomb of all the Jedi that have been, like, frozen in amber or whatever the hell it is uh, in that, like, basement of the <laughs> Inquisitor Fortress. Um, one of those guys is... I was it, it was bugging me where I had seen one of them, and I mean, I, I didn't, did not recognize all of them. I'm not going to pretend I did, but one of them was, like, an older guy, and it only occurred to me later, um, after I was, I was reading some... Uh, one of the subreddits on... Uh, the Clone Wars, right? The Clone Wars, which I have watched, and it's a very good show. It starts off rough, right? It's a rough, rough start. But by the time you get to some of the end stuff, especially when like the the season seven, like season seven and a half or whatever it was that came out like during the pandemic, um, fantastic storytelling, really. Uh, but or maybe it was Rebels. Either way, all kinds of blends together because I kind of watched them back to back. I did not watch them when they aired. I watched them like as an adult, but uh, the 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 old man, I believe, is one of the like learners who like helps the kids with their lightsabers right and i, I thought that was kind of interesting because i mean it could be wrong it could be i could be wrong as to who that is but i just thought that was interesting it was kind of a fun little tie-in but i mean should we be surprised with people like dave filoni working as kind of like the overarching head honcho of all this stuff probably not right but either way no i thought i thought that was a pretty good episode um Probably the most entertaining episode to date. It was had the most action to date. Probably the most coherent action to date as well, dare I say. Right? I know the camera shakes a lot, and I can't tell if that's just Deborah Chow doing it to hide the fact that without that, it would look a little cheap, right? I kind I do kind of wonder, and that also makes me wonder, like, what the what is the budget for these shows, right? Like this, there was literally like three sets or four sets, as I mentioned off the off the top. So I just kind of wonder, like, what's the deal there, right? Anyway, so. Um, I don't think it's for me at least. It's not enough to ruin it. I, I think seeing getting little ooh little tasty tasty little bits like Vader <laughs> like rip force ripping that like the ship to shreds is uh, that's all I really want, right? I, that's kind of what I want, and I hope I just hope we get one more lightsaber confrontation with Obi Wan. I just that's all I really want one more little bit of i maybe one more flashback with hayden christensen that would be pretty cool as well but i mean if we don't get it it's not going to be the end of the world but uh yeah look i think it's been a worthwhile exercise a worthwhile tv show for now and i'm i've been enjoying it and i hope you have been too that does it for this episode of the showtime movie podcast the kenobi cast let's call it um, I feel like I already made that joke. Maybe, uh, maybe I should leave it alone. But uh, that does it for this um, latest episode of the Kenobi Reaction Pods. Uh, again, thanks for being alongside me. Thanks for uh, bearing with me as I do this version of the podcast from my home studio. I don't think it sounds too much worse, right? Like, obviously, being in, in a studio where uh, like it's soundproof is the best, where like the directional microphones are what they are. I think I feel like you could probably hear the highway. My my condo is like right next to a major bypass that goes through, uh, like through the downtown core of Toronto. It's like I I live. I think I've said this before, but I live essentially obliquely opposite where the Leafs and Raptors play, like the arena in which they play. Like I live so close to the arena and one of the apartment buildings just kind of like around the arena. I live so close that when the Leafs score a goal, I can actually hear the 
of like the goal horn <laughs> from like from where I am, which always is kind of funny because I'll be sitting at my my TV watching, and obviously like actual happening in real life is like what like ten to fifteen seconds ahead of whatever you're watching on television, right? It's a little delayed. So uh, it's always kind of a spoiler, although whenever I watch in overtime and I hear the goal horn go, it means the Leafs won because they don't play the goal horn for, for the other team. So um, that's kind of fun, right? Kind of fun. But anyway, uh, you don't have to deal with any of that because the Leafs were eliminated long ago, as they as we all knew they would be, much to my eternal lament. Um, and uh, here we are. You just get to, to get to be subjected to the, uh, I guess, the, like the noise of cars going by on the Gardener. But anyways, I appreciate you being alongside me. Uh, fi- the finale of the Kenobi cast episodes of the Showtime Movie Podcast are going to be uh, next week, which is kind of fun. So appreciate you being alongside me. Again, thanks for listening to this latest episode of the Showtime Movie Podcast. And as always, may the force be with you. Get him, Dad! Get him! Fire! <laughs> Blast, this is why I hate flying.